0: How Hope Radio. How <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way, right out of the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Here as we head down the road for the centennial, it's going to take place on May the 31st. You guys remember, May 31st, that's when it's all going to go down here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The world is going to be looking at T-Town, and we got to tell the truth. You know what I mean? No fabricated stories, no just making up stuff, just talking to be talking. You know, know what you're talking about, you know, and as we welcome these people to our hometown of Tulsa, make them feel welcome and comfortable, you know, but tell the right stories now. I don't want nobody out here telling some stuff that, oh, man, that didn't happen. You know, it didn't go down like that, you know, so we want to make sure we, hey, we got a great show uh, today. State Representative Monroe Nichols, Monroe Nichols is in the house. And uh, he's going to be chopping it up and telling us a lot of information, much needed information that we uh, need to know. And uh, things going on. Tulsa's starting to have some events take place. Matter of fact, we're having an event. <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to take place on June the fifth here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, right across the street in Big Old Field out there. We're going to have entertainers: Tony Mason, Faye Moffitt, uh, Full Flavor Kings. Uh, who else? Uh, keeping a Real Band, you name it. Some of Tulsa's finest are going to be at our festival right here. We're going to be giving away free hot dogs to all the kids. You know, all the kids can get uh, a kids zone, food trucks. We're going to block off the streets. We're going to have a good time, much needed good time because we've been up under COVID and everybody's kind of been inside and locked down and unable to really have a lot of social fun, you know. Now, we want to make sure that you still keep your distance and do what you need to do to stay safe. Bring your lawn chairs. There's going to be vendors out there vending and things like that. So we want you to make sure uh, you know, you're safe on the premises. So with that being said, hey, I'm going to go take a break. We're going to bring Monroe on here in just a minute. So you guys uh, stick around, okay?
2: Hello, Tulsa. This is Janetta Cole with Sunday Dinner and More by Janet, your weekend soul spot. Every Saturday and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janet.
3: I
4: don't want nobody ever love me. You are Searching for ways to grow your business, or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community, the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start.
3: Last Stop Lawn Maintenance and Landscaping is hiring today, must have a valid driver's license, and must have a two-year's verifiable experience mowing and lawn maintenance with the company. Strict attendance policy is required. Honest, dependable, and team-oriented. No sex offenses or crime against children. Must apply online at www.laststoplawnmaintenance.com. Apply today.
5: We're ready for life beyond COVID-19, beyond boundaries. And the vaccine is our best shot at getting there. Walk in for a free COVID-19 vaccine at the Community Vaccination Center, located at the Tulsa Community College Northeast Campus. Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the WEN Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit tulsatransit.org for more details. What's
6: up, y'all? This is Charlie Wilson. And you are listening to 89.9 FM. Hey, it's Alfred
2: Woodard. When I'm in Tulsa, I keep it on K-Bob. That's how I find out what's really happening. K-B-O-B 89.9 FM.
0: Oh, oh.
1: All right. Hey, welcome back to the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. If you need to dial in, you can dial the number I'm sorry, 918-856-3873. That little python right there, but that's okay. Eaton Media Services is located 1533 North Norfolk here in the heart of Tulsa, Oklahoma, around the Pine and Peoria area. You can't miss us. You know, just ask around. In the studio, Monroe Nichols. How are we doing, sir? I'm I'm having
6: such a good day. Today is my son's 13th birthday.
1: Uh-oh. So uh-oh. I don't know
6: if he's listening or not, but I want to wish him a happy birthday. So it's a good day so, today. What's his name? Gavin. Gavin. Gavin Monroe Nichols.
1: Well, happy birthday, Gavin. Yeah. You know, 13, man. That's
6: 13. A, that's a
1: milestone, right like there. That. He's a of teenager, official.
6: Everybody's trying to warn me about what comes next. So oh, today man. I'm going to enjoy today, <laughs> and we're going to worry about the rest after yeah. that. Yeah.
1: You got any plans?
6: We'll go to dinner tonight.
1: Dinner uh, tonight?
6: He's opened some gifts already, so he's he's deep into it. Okay,
1: now. okay. He's ready. He's, he's ready, ready to go. go.
6: Wow. Yeah, he's ready to go. Well, on. that's
1: good. It's good to be able to have children and be able to – how many children do you There's have? There's
6: only one. You just got one boy? Only one.
1: Okay, one boy. Only
6: one. Speaking of,
1: speaking of that, you know, in childhood and things like that, where were you born and raised?
6: I was born in Waco, Texas. Waco, Texas. Central Texas. was raised mainly in Waco. Uh, lived about five years in, right outside of Houston. Um, So my dad was a Houston police officer, my dad's family all in the Houston area back then, and so I lived there for quite a while, but Waco is is home.
1: Oh, I know a few people from Waco, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, a few families, uh, Scott family, uh, Oliver Scott and some other people there with the Gap Band and all that. Oh, yeah. They're from from Waco,
6: a lot of people from out of Waco. Yeah, you know, we, uh, wasn't Jamie Foxx out of Waco? No, Jamie no. Foxx is from Tyler. He's from at, Tyler. At Terrell. Terrell takes Terrell, yeah, that's right. That's where he is. Not okay. everybody can be from Waco.
1: Okay, <laughs> uh, everybody not from Waco. What was Waco like growing up?
6: Uh, you know, it was great. I had my, my my mom's parents were in Waco, a lot of my family was in Waco, so I grew up around all my, my best friends or my cousins and, and that kind of deal. So Waco was great for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it came time to go to college, I came to the University of Tulsa, which is how I got to Oklahoma. Okay, TU, huh? TU was the, how I got here and was really interesting. TU was the only school in a city I had not been to when I made my decision to come. So I, I came for something new and different. Okay. Yeah.
1: You made that decision, huh? I so made
6: that decision.
1: T- yeah. TU was a place to come,
6: huh? TU was a place to come.
1: And you've been here since, huh? Ever since. Wow, man, yeah. that's interesting, right yeah. there. So, what got you into politics, man? What made you decide to uh, get involved?
6: You know, I, I give a lot of that credit to my mother. She's never run for office, but she always had me involved in things that were community based, and she's always been somebody who's put her name on stuff that was community based, and she still does today. She's now moved to Tulsa, actually, um, and so that's where I got the itch because you go around, you get involved in the stuff, you start to see, Hey, they're, they're just things that aren't working like they should. Right. And I never forget my mom was the, I think the chair, the vice chair of the housing authority board there in in Waco. And we went to DC for a housing authority conference that she was going to. And I was taken by the fact that there are people here making decisions about people that I know back home and, and surely great people making decisions. Maybe some people aren't so great making decisions. Uh, but i was just taken by the opportunity to impact people's lives in a in a positive way and uh years later uh i worked in the mayor's office my first job out of out of college in here, Waco? No, here in Tulsa in
1: Tulsa okay
6: worked for Kathy Taylor first mm-hmm. uh worked for OU Tulsa and thinking about community health solutions that that kind of stuff and then when it came time to run for office in 2016 it was just like hey you you you've learned all these things over the years uh, maybe this is a great way to serve the community, and so I so I ran. And so well, let, let me
1: ask you this question, and you know, I know a lot of our people are concerned. Were you faced with a lot of racism up there? Yeah, during I mean, those during those times. Let's be real about it. I work yeah. for the
6: city too, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, there's not there's not been a time in my life where racism hasn't played a part in it in some way, shape, or form. That goes all the way back to being in school and everything in between. Uh, so that's something that is a a cross that we bear as as black folks in this country. It's just, it's just a fact, and it's not to say that you know all these people are evil. But the fact is, we deal with it all. We deal with it all the time. Uh, and so there's not been a time in my life where race wasn't an important factor in what I was doing and what I was what I, what I was involved in. So
1: you were just fighting through it, huh? Dealing with it as it came at you, huh?
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, you you uh, you know, you think about it from the standpoint of. There's been so many people, I think in Tulsa, we really understand this. There's been so many people who look like me, who've had to sacrifice so much. Uh, and so for me, I was always like, Hey, I, I I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to push as far as I can, as far as I can go. I'm not going to show up and think that, Oh, you know, worry about what people think about me and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to do the work that needs to be done. And if people have a problem with it, that's more their problem than it is mine.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That happens sometime, you know, uh, with us dealing with a, a red state. Yeah. You know we're in a red state. That's you right. You know, and uh, Democrats, which you are a Democrat, That's right. are the minority. Yeah. So how many Democrats are over there in Oklahoma City? Because uh, I heard I've heard different numbers. Yeah,
6: we but, in the House there are eighty-two Republicans and nineteen Democrats. Eighty-two
1: right? against nineteen.
6: Eighty-two against nineteen. And, and you know, I, I tell people all the time, I and, and I and I and I kind of joke with some of my white colleagues in our caucus. I'm like, yeah. hey, I've been in a super minority. For a long time. This is nothing new for me. I right, right. I've been doing this for thirty seven years. Right. Uh you can still you can still get some work done. But I, I think what is interesting about that, so although our numbers as Democrats are the smallest have ever been in the House, the black caucus is as large as it's ever been in state history. Oh so, really? Yeah, it's the biggest we have we have eight members of the legislative black caucus, um, two in the Senate, six in the House. Male, females,
3: what how do uh, they that run? That's split. Uh, about split, about even?
6: split even uh, split pretty even yeah i think i think we actually are well we have one non-binary member so i think we're four three and one non-binary member so i mean we are a very diverse group even amongst ourselves uh, are but,
1: you tight though you know or is there so, still a lot of division even amongst
6: you know already yeah i mean you you could always be tighter uh, and I think it's it goes from how we all are having a battle, you know, uh, for for different ways. But the thing I will tell you about the Capitol that is that is is worrisome. It is the fact that I think black voices don't don't really penetrate leadership there. And I'll just give you an example. This year there were eighty one bills, I believe it was, that had a black author on them. Eighty one pieces of legislation.
1: Wow, that's okay.
6: Seventy two of those were killed in committee or never got a hearing. Three of them made it across the finish line were signed by the governor out of eighty. That's that's maybe a little over one percent of those bills. And so what we know is um we don't have folks who are really listening to black voices right now at the Capitol. Uh and we got, and that's something that we desperately have to change.
1: You know. You know, I've heard stories like uh you can write out a policy and then you can put it on your uh give it to someone and it lay on their desk for a Long time, yeah, before they transfer it to someone else.
6: Yeah, is that true? Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kind of things that will blow you away about yeah. how they how they can work I, up there, uh-huh. and 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 I think I, I, this is an interesting inflection point that we are as a country. If you to ask me do I think that Republicans by and large in the Oklahoma House of representatives are, are racist I would be like no I don't I don't think that they are You don't think that Republicans are racist No I don't think that my colleagues by and large are racist are they racists? Really? they're probably so There probably are some but I don't think that you can say you know, that a group a of racist
1: race. will smile in your face yeah. and grin in your face and talk about you behind on the dinner table to well, sure.
6: you amongst when he gets around his friends Sure my yeah. my point is though uh, not being racist is not the standard. The mm-hmm. standard is, are you anti-racist, right? And and I think the anti-racism is what we miss. I don't think we have a bunch of anti um and that's not that's not unique to Oklahoma House of Representatives. I think that's the issue. Now we hear people so often say, "Well, I'm not racist." Well, you know, that's the that is not even the. I, I would hope that you're not racist, but are you anti-racist? I mean, are you willing to do things intentionally? to combat racism in this state and in this country and far too few of, of, of my colleagues and far too few of people who, who hold a lot of power are willing mm-hmm, to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's trust there, right? What's that? There's trust.
6: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I do believe that, um, again, by and large, people who serve are, 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 good people, right? Um, the problem is though, everybody has their voting constituency, and that voting constituency is going to dictate how you act. And I don't know if we have a lot of courageous leaders right now. Uh, we have folks who will do the right thing sometimes, unless it's going to cost them a price, and then maybe we're not going to do the right thing right now.
1: Ah, uh, politics. That's,
6: That's what, what it is. is. That's straight what it up is.
1: politics. That's huh? right. And you got to have some skin in the game to make it happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, I've never been a politician, but I've been around. A few politicians who've told me several different stories about what it's like at the Capitol and what it takes to get policies passed and all of this kind of stuff going on.
6: Yeah, I mean, a lot lot of horse trading. Um, Mm -hmm. But but again, you know, one of the challenges, and I think this is true, anytime you have a situation where you essentially have one party rule, I argue that, that people typically lose out there. Um, because you don't have the diversity of ideas that are having to clash. You're not having to compromise. Uh, you get to dominate. And when you get to dominate, uh, I, I just don't think that people really win. And I think that's the challenge that we have. Uh, so
1: people are dominating, right?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: a Republican Party primarily, right?
6: Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, in, I mean, I, come on. Now. Yeah, it, and, and it, and my know. Republican, Republican college, well, the Democrats, have, they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that, hey, uh, well, maybe maybe that is true. But again, I go back to these, these pieces of legislation with black college, just is one small example, uh, and I say, well, surely you care about what diverse communities think about the things we should be doing here in this building. And, and I'm not so sure that that is always true. Mm. Actually, I know for a fact that's always true.
1: I just heard a few politicians throughout the years have always been complaining about they can't get certain legislative bills passed. Yeah, you know, uh, here recently, how you feel about uh, Governor Stitt?
6: Yeah, yeah, I, I... you
1: know, pot, but. With doing what he just did.
6: Yeah, I've been very vocal about uh, the governor's actions, and this is on House Bill 1775. Which,
1: 1775.
6: Which, you know, uh, was argued that it was all about a problem that we have here in Oklahoma. Well, then Texas is now doing it. Now congressional Republicans are now pursuing the same thing at the federal level, and this clearly has become a strategy by Republicans to use – they always say we're trying to raise bait. They are using race uh, to divide people in this country. And making it part of their platform at a time where um, white supremacy, according to the United States Department of Justice, is the greatest domestic threat to this country. I believe it. And so you know, what what we should be doing uh, is telling the full story about how we got to where we are today to prevent those things from happening in the future
1: mm-hmm.
6: uh, because we're at time right a time right now. he's
1: against that, right?
6: Well, you know, I, his actions would suggest so, right? Uh, so, you know, I – I mean, it, it just, it's just as clear
1: as day. That's the deal. So
6: I, I just – I don't sugarcoat it. I yeah. just put
1: it out – you know, he yeah. put it out there that, hey, we're not going to implement this information in our schools and stuff like that. And
6: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he – I know he's argued that, oh, well, this is just making sure we don't teach discrimination. Well, I don't know where people are teaching discrimination currently. How can you not teach it? What this is about, this is about white fragility. And so it's this idea that we shouldn't feel guilty about what happened in the past. And my attitude is I don't think you should feel guilty about what happened in the past, but you should feel accountable about how do we make things right moving forward. And I think by signing that bill, the governor and even my colleagues in the House that voted for it said – we don't want to be held accountable for making this a more uh, equal and they equitable country. They never want to be wanna held
1: that. accountable,
6: and that's what they it comes don't want to be
1: held a- accountable for the, the tragedies and things that have happened yeah. right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and throughout this whole state. They don't never want to be accountable. Yeah, you know, so they'll do whatever they can to, 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 to move it to the side. They didn't yeah. that massacre. Nobody
6: was held accountable. That's right. You know, you know and and to that point it took 76 years for the city of tulsa to even apologize right so like apology apology so, that's, so it's even you to think recognize- we still
1: have an apology no
6: my point is it took that long just to even say oh yes this happened and we're going to acknowledge that, 76 years right and so in mm-hmm. that 76 years somebody asked me a long time a good friend asked me a long time ago why did i think the story of the race massacre hadn't been told fully and i said well if there's still survivors out there that means there's still people who are on the other side of it who are also still out there who don't want that story told. They never they wanted want, their story and that's, told. And, that, and that's, what it, that's what it is. Even the
1: survivor, You know, it's kind of, to me, it's like a pimple. Yeah. It's come to a head. Yeah. And it has burst. And now the world is finding out, wait a minute now, this 1921 massacre took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. And these people were destroyed and traumatized and burned down. And, and all of this went on on a, a community of people who were thriving, yep. you know, and now no one's held accountable. I'm always saying it was, right. it was a murder, right. a murder scene yeah. and never got investigated. People lost their loved ones, were, were buried in mass graves and pushed in the rivers and everything else and Tulsa tried to keep it hush-hush, yeah. and they tried to destroy the history. They ran a freeway right through it. Right. You know what I mean? OSU Tulsa came and built the big old building. They tried to keep it hush-hush, man. They keep keep the stories hush-hush. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's coming to a head right now, and it's being told, and no reparations have been done. Yeah. Every other race is able to get reparations, get something. The Native Americans can get casinos, and they can get everything. Everybody can get everything. Except for African American people. Yeah. We never get anything that's old to see this is
6: old. Yeah, to that's us. right. That's right. You know, one of the things that, that is so interesting about the black experience is that we have always been the folks pushing this country to be better. We uh, built this country. And, and and as we've pushed this country to be better, as we've built this as we pushed this country to be better, it's 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 almost like there has been just this expectation that we can do stuff to folks but they you know they have all good intentions at heart so we don't have to we don't have to you know make right with them like we make right with everybody else we've just fell in this place where we're constantly pushing this country to get better and better and better and the spoils of which uh, we rarely ever get to see i mean it's that it's that old saying about planting seeds of a tree under which you'll never uh, be able to enjoy the shade
3: that is the black
6: experience
1: in america man we constantly fight with that what yeah. you just said On a consistent basis every day Systematic control You know because we don't implement the laws And the regulations and things that go on In this country Especially when it comes to uh, Prisons and uh, you know Things like that 68% of African American uh, People are incarcerated Throughout this United (laughs) States The stats and the facts Don't lie And we still struggle right to this day uh, Monroe about what to do and how to go about doing it, and uh, underserved communities, and and some white people don't understand why, because they're the one who implemented it in the first place.
6: Well, and that, to get it like this, that's the reason why um, I've been so um, aggressive on this issue of 1775. So one of the so so what you just said, I think is true. We're at a point right now where. We have these very subtle fights that we have to battle right now. So we're not we're not slavery versus freedom anymore, right? We're not necessarily as clear cut on the civil rights versus not like on paper we have all those things. Now we have really subtle differences and in and how you fight them is different, right? Um I always point out black wealth versus white wealth. Ten percent of white wealth is what black folks have, right? All these all these structures if you look at leadership in corporate America, even in this community, um, I can only think of one African-American – and I might be wrong, but I can only think of one African-American who is the top executive of a, of a major Tulsa, Tulsa company. My point about that is is that the reasons why people want to say, oh, well, we don't want to feel accountable or we don't, we don't want to be made feel guilty about that is because they recognize that now we understand that the underlying system in some ways can't be fixed, so it has to be changed. Who would not want the system to change? The folks who benefit from it the most which is the reason why they don't want well, you they tell to tell stories it. they don't want you telling stories they don't want to feel accountable to do those kind of things they understand that's where the, that's where the next fight is the next fight is to well, really that's make a systematic, that's, that's
1: systematic control that's like exactly, i always talk that's,
6: about and that's exactly if you right. can
1: keep a people oppressed and depressed and keep them in a certain line to where you can prosper yourself yeah and then, then it's working for you
6: well and that's what this uh, mm-hmm. bill has said you know the system's not broken it was built this way right?
1: hey just, man just you know that. what this Blacks and African-Americans built this country on the backs and the slaves and stuff like that. They built this country and this country hasn't been a hundred percent fair yeah, to African-American people. Now you got some blacks who can slip through the cracks yeah. and live next door to Mr. Gilmore, you know, in different places and smile and like that. Very few. That's a minority of people. But you can have an abundance of underserved people who are still traumatized yeah. and And they're really traumatized mentally. We got a lot of mental health in our community that we need to to address to make people start feeling better about themselves. We have to educate our children and our young and tell them the truth about Black Wall Street and things. See, they didn't talk about that when I was coming up. We didn't hear nothing about Black Wall Street and nothing when I was coming up. It was like... That was some, some of uh, my classmates went off to college and they learned about it at other
6: right, universities. Right, right, stuff. right, right.
1: You know, they didn't know nothing about it, but you must do the right thing. You know what I mean? And they're held accountable. And it's always a fight for us. We're still got on our boxing gloves right. and still out here trying to fight this fight that uh, Dr. King and Malcolm and all of them That's stood right. for back even in the 60s. That's right. You know, and uh, I think uh, a lot of it. Comes from propaganda, you know. We're we're portrayed in a way on TV and movies and things like right. that in a certain way. And I can't fight. Uh, uh, well, I can't fault the system a hundred percent because a lot of that has to do with us as a people and yeah. those of us who know to educate those people.
6: Yeah, our I mean, people. you know, the the system works, how it's going to work for people it works for. And to a certain extent, I, I, I almost agree. You can't blame the system or people who put it in place because that's what they were trying to do. But what bothers me now is folks who say that they are allies or whatever the case may be, who aren't using their capital, their political capital, social capital, their actual, their their direct financial capital to fundamentally change that system if you really believe in it. And I think that's where, the, that's where the challenge is. It's like people abstractly, yes, think things should change, but when it comes directly, you know, at your feet, it's like,
1: oh. Yeah, right. That's a
6: little tough.
1: Mm, kind of tough. You know, what that's what gets me is blacks who are in power. I repeat, blacks who are in power, who we elect mm-hmm. to go and represent us uh, is hard for them. To fight the war, sure, but at the same time, the war, if they would educate their people,
0: yeah
1: be in the community, come over to Vernon Manor, Apache Manor, and all the hoods, and start educating, having forums and stuff like that to educate our yeah. people, you will get you will seem to uh be able to have some of them get some knowledge because one thing I know, and this is to be true, I have a radio station mm-hmm. we're listening, we're talking on it right now. The majority, I repeat, the majority of people may know the name Monroe Nichols, right. Vanessa Hall Harper, Regina Goodwin, Kevin Matthews, they know those names right. but they don't know those positions and title
6: in which yeah. they hold.
1: They yeah. don't know what you what you do. Right.
6: right. You
1: know, they don't know what they know the name. They're gonna lick you they're gonna elect you by name and popularity. Yeah. In our community. So we need to find out how we can let them know exactly what's your title and what you, your position, what you can do and what you cannot do yeah. because the expectations is that, okay, we elected so-and-so and so-and-so. Now he's in there. What is he doing?
6: Yeah, everything should be fine now. Yeah. You know, I, I do think – and this brings up a great point. I think what you do here on this radio station is one of the reasons why it's, why it's so powerful, right? Um, that's something that we all have to come together and figure out how figure out how to do. I, I will say, you know, I know my colleagues, uh, both the House and Senate, uh, Regina and Kevin, I know Vanessa and the city council all work extremely hard. It's hard to get in every space and talk to folks about to, it talk is. to folks about stuff. Um, but if we if we all those of us in media, those of us in, in, in public service, those of us uh, doing community-based stuff, if we can get on the same page and we can have that kind of unity, we can absolutely be able to tell that story and, more importantly, have a deeper understanding of what people are going through, what they would like to see different about uh, their communities, because I think that's where we have the biggest miss, to be able to engage folks, not just tell them what we do, but to ask of them, what would they like for us to do? How would they like to work with us and partner to, to, to make their communities better? Yeah, and, better. I,
1: and also... A lot of our community, because I'm community based right here. A lot of our community don't don't pick up the phone and call you right. guys right. to tell them tell right. you exactly what's going on, you know, and what they can do. And if we would pick up our phones and call you and tell you, then you would know. And then if you would let us know what you are doing, right, right, so we can tell them, you know, oh yes, she's doing this, right. he's doing that, you know. So that's what's going on. Because a lot of people say, well, I ain't doing nothing. They just elected officials, but you guys are doing work. Yep. And work that people don't know about. Yep. That's why you got to use the media, the black media, to let the black media know Absolutely. exactly. So we can tell the people Absolutely. what's going on. You know, here recently we just know Vanessa was help implement the grocery store opening. Uh-huh. Up. You know what I mean? We know that, so we talk about yep. what we know. Yeah. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? So therefore, we have to we have to utilize what we have because. Uh, black media is so important. Now, I sit around and I talk about. It. I say, okay, now you got Eaton Media Services over here with KBOB eighty nine point nine. You got the Oklahoma Eagle. You got the Black Wall Street Times. You got Greenwood Tribune, and you got the Tulsa Star, and maybe some other smaller mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. We must support. These organizations, you guys, right. and let them know and tell the story, so they can get it out to our people.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I, I hundred 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 percent agree. Hundred percent agree. And, and you know, I I would uh, I would offer up myself to even work with some members of the of, of the black media here to figure out how do we do that on an ongoing basis, not like one time. How how do we get the steady trickle of kind of what's going on? How people can get involved? Right because uh, I, I think that's super duper important and I, and I do think you know if i if I can just for a second you know uh, talk about some of my my colleagues in the house on the other side of the aisle, the thing that I recognize um, and I said you know I know primary politics is super important, but so many of us in this country still live in very segregated communities, and I know that some of my colleagues in the House don't see a lot or any African Americans until they come to the Capitol. That's how uh, the only
1: time they see one. You and, you and a couple of other people, huh?
6: That's right. And so like I you know, I I, I understand how that might make it somewhat difficult uh-huh. abstractly. But for us, like we never have that luxury not to know what what other people are thinking. We always, always have to be conscious know. about we what it. other people are thinking, right? Uh so so I recognize that we have a more universal view than a lot of people that I work with have. But the problem is you got to want to do the work. you got to want to understand. And I think that's what I hope uh, for my colleagues in the house. And it's the same thing as we talk about this community-based work, right? It has to be a steady stream of information so folks can not only understand again. You said the key word is steady. That's right, steady stream of information. So not just so people in the community can know what we do, but so we know from people in the community what they need.
1: Yeah, well, and it's a, it's a need-based uh, situation, yeah. too, because, man, you know, like you said, you may go into a meeting at the house or stuff like that, and you and all your your, your Caucasian constituents yeah. and stuff like that, and they know you. Yeah. And you're the only one they know.
6: Yeah. You know? That's, that's it always.
1: Is, it is, it's it. Hey, I know. I got a black friend. That's, I, that's Mon, Monroe Nichols. I know him. I
6: was going to say, that's always know? the burden of being black is that you always got to speak for all black people. <laughs> right. Speak for all black. I know him. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's right. a black man. You that's know, right. I know him. He's
1: my friend, you know, and that's the only one
6: they know. You know, I'll I'll tell you a story. We talked about like the community-based stuff coming the other way. I've told a story a number of times. I was working at OU Tulsa. It's when the report came out. There was a 14-year life expectancy difference between folks in Midtown Tulsa and folks in North Tulsa, right? And so, you know, we spent some time thinking about what are all the reasons why we think that, for example, people don't exercise outdoors, right, in North Tulsa. And so. You know, some folks said, oh, it has got to be sidewalks. And some folks said, oh, it's the crime and all this kind of stuff. And so there were all these ideas that people who didn't live in the community had about why folks in the community didn't exercise outside. Until we asked people in the community why, do you want to guess what their number one issue was? What was it? Stray dogs.
1: Oh, they're thinking over here in North Tulsa?
6: No, that's what the people in the community, that's what people in North Tulsa said. They said, it's stray dogs. And so they're like, if you know, if you get animal control out here to actually serve this community, maybe we might be more inclined to do it. And so it just shows the gap when you're talking about these issues and what you might want to do for people versus what people need. Um, there's, so there's they're saying a gap.
1: The reason why people don't get out and walk and run and jog and exercise is because of straight off.
6: So, so yeah, so, like, there was the thought, there's that was the number one reason why when, when people in the community were surveyed, it wasn't that the crime was so bad. It wasn't that we don't have sidewalks. It was that, Straight dogs. And so if you think about what if we had made this big investment in sidewalks and we had cops on every corner, people's not going outside because you just made sidewalks with dogs and walk on. But right. if you serve this community in the way in which the people in the community need to be served, mm-hmm. then we start to get to the kind of solutions we need as opposed to the solutions that we think people want.
1: Wow. Well, we got some issues you know, yeah. that need to be. I'm always telling people to dial 311. Yeah you know, and report things that they see. Right. Because if the city alleyways are not being cleaned, and you need to call and charge the city up for that. That's right. People speeding down your streets, you need to call and tell them so they can put stop signs out and stuff like that, yeah. you know, in our infrastructure and for what we do. I, I've done it. Yeah. And got some results. Yeah. Because uh, squeaky wheel gets to grease. That's that always works, You know right. what I mean? Squeaky yeah. wheel gets to grease. So yeah. if you guys are in the community and you see some much needed things done that pertains to the city of Tulsa, yeah. because you're taxpayers, and you pay taxes and money to have streets and things done in the community. Yeah, call and tell them about it.
6: yeah you know mm-hmm. I, I will say in the past in my experience in the mayor's office, and I think this has been true ever since then, um, oftentimes the folks who work at the city, if you call and sometimes it takes more than one phone call. But they will respond typically. I mean, you know, they're folks who 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 want to help. Generally speaking, and probably overworked and don't have enough time and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you got you you got a call. Uh, you got yeah, to call. Yeah, you got to call.
1: You got to pick yeah. that phone up and you got to dial at three one one. You know, I worked for the city. Yeah. You know, I know what it's like. Uh, I was a code enforcement officer. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh they're, yeah. They're Everybody here. happy to see you. Yeah, here in North Tulsa, and I was trying to put out dumpsters and clean up stuff. Uh huh and all that kind of stuff and it got to a point to where it's uh-oh well it's not the place to be yeah for me yeah, yeah. you know for me so yeah. i opened up a radio station you know so and that's what we do but you know uh i think that um everybody should, if they do their part we can see some economic growth absolutely you know take place because north tulsa is virgin territory right now their people are moving over here and building houses, right. and, and they're seeing the, the land is cheap right. and stuff like that, and they're selling. People are selling their properties yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, before big time developers come and suck it all up, you know, because it's, they're steadily pushing north.
6: Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I, I've always said we've developed in every other direction largely. I mean, you know, maybe not so much west here in Tulsa, but. North Tulsa is where so much of the opportunity is, and is. And, and I just think that I hope uh, that people who have been here for a long time uh, get to see some prosperity from from those opportunities that are gonna that are gonna just happen. It's absolutely gonna happen, and so you know I'm really excited about things happening now. Um, right. I'm really hopeful for an explosion of things to happen happen in the future because uh, you know there's not a there's not a part of town that I think is, as we get into coming into the centennial and start telling the story about Black Wall Street, there's not going to be another part of town that's going to have more interest in it as far as like what what is the real legacy of the Greenwood District and Black Wall Street. Everywhere around the country and the world are going to wonder how are black folks doing in Tulsa? What's North Tulsa like? Uh, and, and I think it behooves us as a city, no matter who you are, to make sure that people of color are thriving in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and I sure hope that'll be what happens with all the development. That'll, that'll, oh that'll yeah, me
1: too. I hope that's what takes place, you know, that we grow. Because you got gentrification coming over here. Sure. It happens I everywhere. Mean, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking around more fast food places, yeah. uh, opening up and quick trips. And they're opening up a Wendy's right here yeah. on the corner, Pine and Peoria. Yeah. And we got all these fast food places with fast food, bad eating choices. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, uh that's the good thing about the grocery store. Yeah, that's finally, opening up because you're to have some quality yeah. uh, stuff. So you can go in there and get you some uh spinach and greens right, and, right. and good healthy green vegetables and fruits and things like that.
6: I mean, and the thing is, too, even with the other development that's out there, the fast food restaurants and everything else, I really hope over the long term we're giving a lot of thought as to how do we support black entrepreneurs that have access to the kind of capital where they can open up a Wendy's or they can open up a McDonald's or they can open up these things so that that prosperity is still there. If those things are coming here anyway,
0: mm-hmm.
6: how do we ensure that we're putting people of this community in a position to thrive and put people in this community in a position to serve their neighbors, right? As opposed serve to having people who are coming mm-hmm. uh, from outside of doing it. And I don't begrudge anybody who's coming from the outside But that's really what we should be trying to figure out how do we do. That's how you keep that long-term prosperity in this community with people of color. It doesn't mean that other folks can't do the same thing, but we know that these are wealth-building opportunities, and they're wealth-building opportunities in our community. And we still know there's a huge gap with entrepreneurs of color having access to capital and support and those types of things. And that's what we really have to be investing. I think, as a state. Uh, and even as a city and, and, and all of, and there's some great programs and projects that are kind of going on to that, to that, to that end. Mm-hmm. But I think that's got to be the key for us over the long haul. It's got to be the key.
1: Okay. Moving forward. Now here recently, here recently on TV, I saw you, man, yeah. and you, uh, you want to tell everybody exactly what happened and why did you decide to resign
6: yeah you know it so this goes back to the conversation with the governor in 1775 this this bill that i think is is very destructive and not abstractly there's some people say it didn't do anything well i say if it doesn't do anything then why do you sign it you know it does something right Uh, so i i stepped away from the commission a, because um, the the, the uh, Centennial, Centennial Commission, commission yeah, right. I, I stepped away from the commission for a couple of different reasons. Um, first and foremost was I didn't think it was great for the commission to have two politicians going at each other about stuff, right? And those
1: two politicians um, were –
6: you That's me, and and uh, and and definitely criticizing the governor, who is another commissioner. But mm-hmm. but I thought the commission is not a political body, and and, Brian, and, exactly. and 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 the other commissioners that are on that commission have moved mountains. I mean, have raised almost thirty million dollars for the Greenwood Rising Center. The Greenwood Cultural Center is going to get, I think, five and a half million dollars. We got a lot of arts projects. We got John Legend coming at the end of the month. Like who who brought? Now see, I'm getting
1: a lot of calls
6: about John Legend yeah. coming to Tulsa. Yeah.
1: Who brought John Legend to Tulsa?
6: I, tell I, me, please. I, I, I tell don't our know. I, I believe it's the Centennial Commission that brought him here because I saw Phil Armstrong talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I imagine it was the commission that, that, that made that happen. Um, but, but I think here's the deal. I know there's been a lot of conversation about the commission and, and other things going on in the community. I hope what, what we're able to do with the Centennial is to put – all that personal stuff aside and unite as a community to really mm. uh, commemorate mm-hmm. and to remember and to recommit ourselves to each other so that all that sacrifice in 1921 mm-hmm. is not in vain because we can't get ourselves so together you, here in our so community. You, but you quit. No, that's a right? completely different deal. I'll be at all the centennial events. Okay, yeah. But that commission, in my opinion, was not built for me to use my my seat as a commissioner or my political office, to be criticizing somebody else on the commission. Mm-hmm. And I knew that because I'm an elected official, people are going to ask me about it. Mm-hmm. And so now we got beef on the commission. Mm-hmm. So I, I was willing to remove I, myself from okay. it uh, so, I can, so I can do that work and tell the truth about what mm-hmm. I believe to be a very detrimental piece of legislation.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me ask you the question. Yeah. Is the commission whitewashed?
6: You no, know, I don't think so. I mean, um, I because think, I hear a lot of that.
1: Yeah, you know, and I've heard a lot of some politicians even say it. Yeah, I'm, you
6: know. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, is, I'm, is it
1: whitewashed?
6: I'm sure they have. A, I don't think that. I don't think white too, control. I don't. I don't think that the commission is whitewashed or white controlled. What I do believe is, is that we uh, that commission starting five years ago had a big task to do a lot in a small amount of time. And that means you've got to have a lot of different voices at the table to get it done. That means you got to navigate a whole lot of personalities to get it done. It means you've got to navigate a whole lot of interests to get it done. And so for me, I think about the end goal uh, as it relates to that. And at the end of the day, that commission has served its purpose, and it will be. It will sunset here pretty soon, but it served its purpose. Now, I get that folks have strong opinions about it, and uh, and, and, and and I'll let those folks fight those battles um but for me i appreciate all my fellow commissioners uh who who really did the work right there's some ceremonial ones who you know were just kind of around but i appreciate all those commissioners that did the work and i'm just not in a position where i'm going to criticize them for the work that they've done yeah would you just pull it out because of I pulled, I, well i pulled out because like i said before didn't want to I, I didn't want to speak on behalf of the commission as a commissioner but I wasn't about to be silent about something I thought was vitally important. And and it kind of it, it boils down to those couple things. And if my resignation made it easier to remove the governor, it was worth it.
1: But he's still – he removed. He's gone. He's gone him? now,
6: yeah.
1: What about Langford?
6: Langford's still there. He's still there? Because
1: mm-hmm. I know a lot of our community have issues with him.
6: You know, I was uh, – they,
1: they really do, man, over here yeah. in the black community. Yeah. They have issues with Langford. Yeah. You know, it's not – Sugarcoated quoted or nothing. I hear it all. I'm a radio station yeah. uh, host here, and I hear it in our community. They don't think that he should be on that commission.
6: You know, I was I was pretty vocal about the Senator Lankford deal, too, and it was all around um, his stance because, you know, I've met Senator Lankford. He's talked about these issues before. I know he understands them, and for him to make a political decision to peddle falsehoods about the 2020 uh, election – I was like, excuse me, and especially when you're you're calling the question votes in Georgia and Philadelphia and mm-hmm. Arizona, but you ain't calling the question votes anywhere else because that is black folks right in Atlanta, black folks in Philadelphia, and native folks in Arizona. And we live in Oklahoma, so those are the places that you that you're talking about and it is all in line with what, what former President Trump was peddling and so it's like you can't be that irresponsible, you know. Uh, vote to not certify election if you want to, but don't act like you have some sort of principled stance on it. Just say I'm a politician and this is what I'm doing. Don't try to don't try to discount our voice, and right. that's that's the frustrating part of that. I will say, Senator Langford came like as the governor was uh, offered to come uh, talk to the commission based. On but he, he didn't come. Oh. The governor didn't. Senator Langford did come yeah. talk about. Uh, you know why he did what he did, um, and so I think that probably turned a lot of commissioners. and 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 I understand that to a certain extent. I think the governor's case is a whole different case. And and um, you
1: don't think they're in cahoots with each other and belief systems and all that, as far as both of them and the mayor of uh, Bynum is concerned. I mean, are, I, I think they
6: think- I think they believe. Uh, I think they have a lot more in common with their beliefs than they have in common with me. So, yeah, Yeah, I
1: mean, I do think
6: they're boys, man. They kind of
1: got the same kind of concept of thinking of what to do.
6: Well, and I think it it goes back to what I was saying before. It's folks who have listened to a small segment of the population about what you should do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you don't listen to diverse voices. I don't know if the governor has any person of color on his entire staff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really hard to be good at your job when you only listen to an echo chamber.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very hard. But I mean, I am like the three Musketeers in me, man. You <laughs> know I mean? I'm just going to say it, man. Langford, Stitt and Bynum. They like the three Musketeers and they, they do things, man. Uh, I think they do things when it comes to our community and our people, Sometimes they're insensitive. Well, to what goes on in the black community, man, because we have issues over here that this city needs to address.
6: Yeah, I you think know? I think what that boils down to, to be totally honest, uh, let's see. I think this is in a movie. I said I don't trust anybody. I only trust their intentions. I think Senator Langford wants to get reelected to the U.S. Senate. I think Kevin Stitt wants to run for president. I think GT Biden wants to do something next. And they know. Run
1: for governor, huh? Maybe uh-huh.
6: so. Uh-huh. What they what what they have been told is you don't need a certain segment of the population to do that. No, and so what those people say doesn't have to matter as much know what? to you. It's you what are so think. correct because a
1: po- a politician said he didn't even need the black vote to get elected. Yeah, I heard a politician actually say that a white politician.
6: Yeah.
1: I don't really need the black vote.
6: Yeah. I'm
1: gonna get elected on the white vote.
6: Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think on that, like, you, you miss the point of what it means to serve in office. Like, I get getting elected, and I get that kind of stuff. I actually really would prefer people to be who they are when they're running for office mm-hmm. instead of pretending to be one thing and kind of turn into a committee because you got to be reelected. But I think what, what the three individuals you talked about, what they all suffer from, is this incessant need to cater to a primary base of voter so they can keep their job. And that's what it boils down to. So I don't know if I can, I mean, maybe that's a character flaw. Um, I've, that's why I always stop short of criticizing and calling somebody a racist or anything like that because I don't know your heart. I know your actions. And I'm guessing your actions are driven I, by the fact yeah. of what you want to do next. Um, I think and, some people, and, and you, yeah. and, and you. You almost uh, make yourself okay. You rationalize it that way, I, that I can do this because this is the end goal. I
1: think some racists are racist and don't even know they're racist
6: Well, because
1: know, their actions, they've been acting the same way, talking the same way, and they don't see any kind of consequences or anything being wrong well, with what you, they
6: do and what they say. You know, They say racism exists even if there's nobody here to claim it.
1: Mm-hmm. And see, as far is. as I'm concerned, black people can't be racist because yeah. in order to be –
6: Power. You know power. It's all
1: about power.
6: You know the power. The right. one who
1: has the power are the races. They can control other yeah. races. Yeah. You know, and a lot of us don't understand that. But well, yes, we can be prejudiced.
6: Yeah, and, yeah. and you know what and, I mean. You can and, be prejudiced.
1: You know, a lot of times we are. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, times we are because of the oppression and right, oppression right? right. The, the way we, what we live upon. That's right. You know, and that it, makes, it comes
6: from oh, a real place. Oh man,
1: man it comes from a, a real, real place, yeah. man. You know, and. Uh, we need to just get forward. That's why we got to educate our children. That's right. Our young, they're the next generation that's coming up. You Like your son yeah. today is his birthday. That's yeah, his birthday. E- Amen. Educate him. Tell him the
6: truth. Yeah.
1: Do not sugarcoat anything. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we'll sugarcoat it and won't tell the truth, and we'll get all humble and won't. Hey, here's
6: these days, you know, with the the ways in which communi- uh, information oh, can hit oh, you. Oh, man, they got you gotta, way more. You got to talk to him because you don't know if what he's hearing is the truth or not. They but, he, research. but he knows something about it, though. Mm-hmm. And so you got to go ahead and talk to him because yeah. he knows something about it. They're going to research
1: it, and they're going to correct you when you're wrong. That's right. Well, Daddy, you know, you said so-and-so, but that wasn't
6: true because blah,
5: yeah. blah, 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 blah.
6: You know, I think that's really, that's a really funny point. We were talking uh, before, and my grandparents, my mom's parents, mm-hmm. uh, there was no correcting them, even if you thought you were right you corrected my grandparents at your own risk. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a scary hey yeah, man. You, you didn't do that. My grandfather once said, if you see a, a, a mouse on the ground and and I say it's a snake. It's a snake. It's a snake.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a snake.
6: Yeah, that's the way they
1: were. <laughs> that's right. Back in that time. But, you know, I understand that. Sure. I really understand those sure. rules and regulations for that time frame and that time period. But, you know, a lot of our grandparents and elders have died and went on yeah and so now you have a new generation of young millennials and new people and a, yeah. new, a new technology yeah. to where some of them their best friends are their cell phones yeah you know and they, they're conditioned with that i mean nowadays you can leave home without your cell phone and you oh i gotta go back and get oh phones. man you know you That's don't have to... me a
6: couple of times i've been down the street and like uh-oh, and I all got, I'm doing is going to the grocery store or something. Like, yeah. oh, no, I can't be without this phone. I got to go, back, go yeah. back and get gotta, my phone. Got to turn around. and
1: you, know, you got to have it. Yeah. Whereas before, man, sure I remember times the phone rang. It was just inside the house.
6: Yeah, well, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. I, and I remember traveling with my grandfather, and he had the Rand McNally map. Uh-huh. Now you, your phone show yeah, you right, where to go and everything. Right. You know, we used to have a map. And
1: yeah, right. Map trying to figure out which way. turn to take
6: and everything. Right. That's the way it used to be. That's right.
1: That's not there anymore due to the... The technology, yeah, that's available yeah. to us. it's a blessing and a curse? It is. Yeah. It is. If more of our people would use their phones for research and yeah, economic development, and yeah. jobs, and and going to get education and stuff on the phones, we'd be better off than them.
6: You know, doing it, it, other stuff. one. Of, this is one of the reasons why the broadband issue and the the technology divide is so important because we do everything on the internet now. Oh, everything. Uh, everything. And and in COVID we went to school on the internet and we saw this huge gap across the country of folks who didn't have access. That's true. Uh and so on some level we gotta start thinking about internet just like we think about roads and bridges. Uh that's critical infrastructure because you can't you can't get by without it.
1: Yeah, you can't. Yeah. So are you gonna continue to run in Yeah, in office?
6: I, yeah, I mean I have uh, yeah. another election coming up in twenty twenty two.
1: Twenty twenty two. You yeah. over district seventy three? Is that what you
6: seventy two? Seventy two. Well, Representative Goodwin is seventy three, which we're in right now. Okay. Yeah.
1: We're in right. Right now seventy you're right. You're yeah. seventy two. I'm next door. Next right next door. Right so next where's door. your outline of your district?
6: So I have my district's kind of weirdly shaped. Um but I have uh, like the University of Tulsa's in my district. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go as far north currently as Owasso and Sperry. So I have, you know, pretty good. Portion of North Tulsa have McLean High School is in is in my district. Okay, and then I also have uh, kind of sweep right under Representative Goodwin on my west side, and I go all the way down the Peoria and the Broken Arrow Expressway. We've okay. just gone through redistricting, so now my district's going to cut through downtown and go out to West Tulsa here. Oh, they will do that in a minute. huh? Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 been really uh, it's been a really whirlwind. What a lot of people don't realize about my district too. Folks think when you're a black elected official. Your district is all black people. That's uh, what, all
1: of this is everything, huh? Yeah,
6: yeah but for me, uh, that's 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 actually You got Hispanics,
1: whites, all Yeah, that. Your yeah, district.
6: I'm, my district is pretty balanced. Mm-hmm. My district is about 20% black. Oh, it is? That's about it, yeah. All right, so, so it's, Compared to Rep. seven seventy seventy three is like 60-something percent mm-hmm. black, so it's a big gap. Wow. People yeah. don't
1: see that's the education that people don't know.
6: Well, and, and, and to the point where I said the black caucus has been as big as it's ever been. That's because black candidates are winning in non-traditional districts, and so for me, what that means is is that folks understand that when we talk as African Americans, we're not just saying, "Oh, you got to do all this stuff for one segment of people." We're talking about the basic standard of care for everybody who lives in this country, and the fact that there are some people who always been locked out of that. So we got to be intentional about that. But the goal has always been. That we all have equal ops, uh, access to opportunity. Right now, there's a big equity gap. So now we're talking about equitable access to opportunity, and that's really the fight moving forward. And I think people are starting to understand that, which is the reason why the Black Caucus is as big as it's ever been.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, we're getting to the end of the program right here. What is it that you'd like to leave with our listening audience, man? That can be of encouragement, you know, to our people.
6: Yeah, you know, I think the big thing is always going to be. I know we live in a, in a community uh, where it seems like we don't have the voice and power. Um, I think we have more power than we think. I think we have a louder voice than we ever realized. I think we have a great opportunity this uh, here in a couple of weeks to let the whole country know about the power of black folks in this community. Um, but you can't let it stop there, right? Uh, I've always said, that if you go to these rallies and stuff like that, but you don't vote, then you wasted your time. If you go and you enjoy John Legend and everything like that, but you fail to take the steps after that, to continue to tell that story, to talk about why these things are important, then you kind of wasted wasted your time. So, so my deal is, you know, you, you can't just, as Barack Obama said, boo, you got to vote. It really is about activating ourselves in a way that is reflective of how we want our communities and all communities to look. And the power to do that exists right right here in our community.
1: Oh, great! Thank you, Monroe Nichols, man. Happy to be taking here. the time out of your busy schedule. Yeah. And you got to go join your son.
6: Birthday time, birthday man. Birthday time,
1: of the day. Gavin. Gavin. Gavin, birthday, rest of the day, man. Yeah. Do that, man. It's all good in the neighborhood. Appreciate you, sir. Gonna get you back in here. Look forward to it. Okay,
6: man. Look hey, forward to it. Have a good day. All right, take all care. Right.
1: Well, you've been on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way, 1533 North Norfolk, home of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Coming up next, business owner, entrepreneur, magazine, and a whole bit, Angela Chambers is in the house, and uh, she's going to be coming and talking to us. She's a good friend of mine, her and her husband, Tim Chambers. So we want you to also uh, stick around. Don't go nowhere. Monroe was in here throwing it down. You know what I mean? So we want you to do that. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back.
6: Hey, this is Ralph Johnson, the first fire. And whenever I'm in Tulsa, I'm tuning in to KPOV 89.9 on the FN. What's up, y'all? This is Charlie Wilson. And you listen to 89.9 FM. Bobby Eaton Show. I was in the car when I up. Okay, we'll
1: send it
7: three. North Star Security and Private Investigation provides over 35 years of experience to ensure your security and investigation needs are met. Our officers are fleet and state certified. If you are seeking employment, stop by our website at www.northstarsecurityandpi.com For details on quotes and employment opportunities, call today at 918 248 248 That's 918-248-6592. North Star Security and Private Investigation.
8: How to order chicken wings. Number one, find a good wing spot. I
1: know a wing spot. Max wings.
8: Number two, decide if you want a combo or if you want to order a la carte. Huh? What's that? Well, combos come with chicken, veggie sticks, fries, and a drink for a discounted price. A la carte means that you order each item separately.
1: Ah,
8: okay. Three, decide if you want bone-in, boneless, or cauliflower wings. And then determine the delicious flavor you want on your wings. I didn't even know cauliflower had wings. You learn something new every day. Have you been to Max Wings? Yep, yep, Max yep. Wings is located at 782 East Pine Street in Tulsa. We're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Come to Max Wings, home of the dry rub fry.
4: For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce, or to donate to the Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker
0: with
2: Midtown Embroidery.
4: We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us see your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamintown
2: gmail.com. Thank you.
0: P&J
3: Publishing Incorporated announces a new book release The Entrepreneurial Woman The World is Your Playground by Angela K. Chambers, MES Available right now for pre-order at payhip.com slash b slash n b capital a capital c The book release is set to hit June 1st, 2020 If you're ready to publish your book visit us online at www.pnjpublishing.com Unleash that book that's inside of you with P&J Publishing.
2: About
3: you and okay, hey, we're back
1: here. KBOB 89.9. Uh, in the studio. Angela Chambers, how are we doing, lady?
9: Hey, I'm great, Bobby. How
1: are you? I'm doing fine. <laughs> can you, can Uh-oh, the microphone kind of bouncing a little bit. Okay. But good. How are you doing? I'm good. Doing good. Good. You're doing great. But there's a lot of great things that I see that you're doing out here in our community and you know, uh you got businesses. So Angela, you're not originally from Tulsa. I'm not. I'm from
9: McAllister. From okay. McAllister.
1: Big Cal- Mac, Cal- huh? Yeah, the
9: Big Mac. Big
1: Mac out there and I've been down that way. Uh I used to play at a little place out in McAllister. What was the name? Something Jay's uh, probably Leo's. Leo's, that's yeah. what it was. Leo's, Leo's. Leo's spot down yeah. that way. We used to have our band. and we go down there, set up and play up in Leos back in the day. And uh, you've been up here in Tulsa for a while now.
9: Over 30 years, probably 32, 33 years.
1: 32, 33 years.
9: Yes. Yeah, yeah, and
1: there. you've accomplished a whole lot <laughs> in those there. years. So you guys uh, have a uh, – uh, tell us about Last Top.
9: So Last stop Lawn Maintenance um, and Landscaping, Inc. is our – company that's been around the longest. We'll be celebrating fifteen years this November.
1: Um pull and, the mic over just a little bit towards you.
9: And we will
1: um There you go.
9: We of course provide lawn maintenance um and landscaping services and property preservation. Mm-hmm. Our uh, biggest job that we do is for the city. We do um the nuisance abatement and so we board up the houses, clean up the Yards, you know, some of the stuff you used to do for code enforcement. Yeah, you know, I used to do it too. There. Go
1: out there, and then you guys come. Yes. Mm-hmm.
9: Yes. So, um, and some sod projects, laying sod. So that's what we're doing, and we're hiring, by the way. If I can. Throw
1: yeah, that you, out guys there. So, you guys hiring? You guys hiring all the time. So, if someone wanted to uh, get a job, yes. come work for you guys. How do they go about doing it?
9: So they just apply online. It's a short application. Um, and it's Maintenance so dot Com. So dot Com and
1: apply. Yeah, um, so uh, okay, you we, guys and gals out there needing a job, hey, go apply. You were getting ready to say what?
9: I was saying we start out at twelve dollars an hour. Okay. Um, so we're looking for people this summer with. Um, we, we give second chances, so if you need a job, you haven't been able to find a job, you're willing to work, you can work outside, you can work, you know, we work eight hours a day for sure, sometimes a little over, but we, we, we're looking for people who are ready to work.
1: Work, work, work. Follow wow.
9: directions. We, we, we need you.
1: Wow, that's good. That's good. Uh, So, you guys have been doing this business for the city for how many years for the city now?
9: This, well, work. For the city prior to this contract but this contract was uh been on it since 2007 oh so several different contracts but this project
1: mm-hmm. you guys are only one i was up there working yes, for the yes, city yes, yeah we were there yeah, yeah yeah it's, it's been good.
0: tough but we
9: hang
1: yeah, yeah yeah still hanging <laughs> yeah still got those city contracts so that's a good that's a good thing right there so you're a, what i call them uh octopus <laughs> you got multiple businesses that you're involved in, so you want to. I don't know where to even start, but you got last top, lawn, lawn and maintenance,
9: and then we have the last stop trucking,
1: last the trucking company. Yes.
9: So we're hauling dirt, gravel, rock. You need. We're doing special projects, and we also work for different companies.
1: Okay, they but, contract you guys um, out. Yes, mm-hmm. so we we run for.
9: Um, yeah.
1: Are you we're needing drivers drive? for those trucks?
9: Um. Right now we're. We're good. I, I do have a couple of people on reserve mm-hmm. or um we're looking for some more trucks. So mm-hmm. we, we we do wanna grow that business. Um, especially um anybody in Oklahoma if you have an interest in driving a truck or being in that industry.
0: Um, dump truck, right? Yeah.
9: We're dump truck, but there's uh, transportation. That trucking industry altogether is growing, and probably the next 10 to 15 years, it's going to be very lucrative. So now's the time. I need to get if me a dump young, truck. Huh? Yes, get mm-hmm. get the training, um, get the experience that you need. Start with a company. There are some larger companies who will hire students fresh out of school with little experience. Um, they can afford to take on that higher insurance premium, but a, a lot of smaller companies um, they have requirements, you know, three to five years experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
9: but that trucking industry is growing, and we need all of our young people who are interested in driving, who like to drive, to to consider that because there be not money, money. In it, One of the projects that we've been working on with uh, Highway Seventy Five and Forty Four. Um, it's a two-year projected to be at least a two-year project. So, and then the state is also planning other projects. There's so much around to do. So, take advantage of that if that's of interest to you. Mm-hmm. Getting in that. So, then I have the uh, P and J Publishing Company, which I started by accident uh, to promote my grandchildren's books. Um, the person that I'd hired to do that for me just kept missing deadlines and it just seemed like the ball just kept getting dropped. So I figured Mm -hmm. out how to do it myself and started publishing. Then I wrote a couple of books uh, um, and just kept going with it. And then I decided that I wanted to see, because I always want to, I feel like if we could all come together in this community that we could do so much more. Mm -hmm. So I wanted, and then all of the businesses that are here. Usually when something happens, the police has killed someone, we come closer and we make a lot of noise, but how do we capture that? And so we were getting um, the founder of the Tulsa Black-Owned Business Network, co-founder is Ojo Bailey. And so he was getting a, a lot of people uh, responding to his posts, hosting their businesses because we were going to support black businesses. And it's just been growing from there. So um, I decided to do a magazine, which is the,
1: the, the one we have black right Old here. Guide, yeah. You guys um, can see that. It, mm-hmm. So
9: that we could um, promote together. And then as we promote the local businesses, we're promoting the magazine nationally mm-hmm. so that we can um you know, all eyes are on Tulsa, so we we should be growing. We should be um, Black Wall Street 2.0. Or mm-hmm. We should be back
1: now. As I kind of scroll through this magazine, I see you got a lot of stuff, a lot of black businesses in here, and this is going to be available when?
9: It will be available today. Today, yes. Okay. Um, we're printing, and um, you can go online to PJ. Uh, printingandpublishing.com, mm-hmm. and you can order, or I'll, there will be some out um, at A1 Tag Agency, just a few complimentary copies.
1: You're going to be selling well some at here. the festival, too, yes, right? Yes,
9: we'll be at the festival,
1: mm-hmm.
9: um, and that's in here, so we'll be yeah, there.
1: Yeah, you know, hey, 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 look here. Yes, I see yes. some Eat and Meaty Services and some KBOB in the in the house, you guys, so, hey, y'all better, get, you know, mm-hmm, get this book. This magazine is great. It's got a lot of cultural stuff in here and different businesses. I'm just scrolling through it right now. I see some oh, some pretty ladies in here, you know, <laughs> and I see a, an abundance of uh, different black excellence, you know, and uh, you can get this book. Now, if they wanted this book, this magazine, they can go, go online to order it.
9: Yes. Yes, and then we'll, as you said, we'll be at the festival in June. Uh, we'll be at some other events through um, mm-hmm. this month, and then we'll be here, of course, at the festival. And then online, it's it will be available online, in print, or they can get the digital copy. The digital copy will have the links for these businesses, so okay. if they want to um, go on their website and connect with them purchase something from them, they'll be able to do that. So hmm. I really like the online version as well.
1: Okay. Great, 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 great. This is this is fantastic. Now, how long have you been uh, doing these magazines?
9: Our first publication was March the 6th, 2020. So just a little over a year.
1: Okay. That's not long at all. No, 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 it's, um, What's the challenges? Tell me what the challenges of doing these magazines. Because um, I know we all have them. I got them over here in radio. So. Yes.
9: Yeah. So the mm-hmm. challenge um, was, I guess, the challenge is for every business is finding money to promote your business. And although it's, it, it's something that every business should be doing is promoting their business. Mm-hmm. To rely on word of mouth is not, is not ideal. It's not, even if you have uh, a good base, to grow your business, you need more customers, mm-hmm. more products and services. So you'll need, you'll need um, just some more. type of advertising. And we need to advertise just like with you. Yeah. Um,
1: That's one thing that uh, us as black people, we have a problem with advertising. Yes. That is one of our biggest problems. We'll open up a business inside our building or our complex and put a sign outside. And we'll just expect people just to come in and shop with us and spend their money with us by word of mouth, which word of mouth is still good, but we live in 2021. And with technology, social media is free, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you got, and I noticed that you, you went to the extreme, you got billboards and stuff out there, (laughs) you know, and tell us where the billboards are located.
9: So we have a billboard at 36th street, North and North Peoria. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's right um east of the is it the World One Center?
0: Thirty six events.
9: Yeah, the Event Center. Mm-hmm. The, church. the event center. So, um we're we're advertising. We were doing um TV, radio, national, um radio uh we're all over Facebook and other social media outlets. And we're connecting with the National uh, Black-Owned Business Association, which is also in the magazine. Mm-hmm. So we're doing some more work. Where, um, I'm excited about some of the things that are coming. Uh, we'll, we may be quiet for a little bit, but uh, we're regrouping. You're
4: re- so regrouping, we're regrouping a little bit? So
9: that we can really make a change. Because I think I think we all want another Black Wall Street, in a sense, that we want oh, we our do. businesses to be proud Oh, we most
1: definitely want that. That's, uh, been the talk, that's been the talk of the town.
9: So then our actions have to, to match that. We have to come together to support one another and
1: um, help each other grow. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We got to do that. Yeah. Well, look here, we're going to take a little small break, Okay. and we're going to come right back. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we is- Uh, We tell our stories our way. Angela Chambers, entrepreneur, business lady, Angela Chambers is in the house. And we're going to be right back. So we want you guys to stick around,
5: okay? We're ready for life beyond COVID-19, beyond boundaries. And the vaccine is our best shot at getting there. Walk in for a free COVID-19 vaccine at the Community Vaccination Center, located at the Tulsa Community College, Northeast Tulsa Campus. Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the WEN Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit Tulsatransit.org for Food more information. Food on the details. Move and
3: Warden Comprehensive Health Services presents the Drive-Thru COVID Vaccination Clinic. Happening May the 11th, 2021 from 4 to 7 p.m. The first 100 participants receive two-dose Modernas or the one-dose Johnson & Johnson. If you want to skip the line, call now at 918-388- one nine nine zero food on the move every tuesday on greenwood let's go fresh tulsa
2: hello tulsa this is janetta Cole with sunday dinner and more by Janet, your weekend soul spot every saturday and sunday from 11 a.m until 4 p.m we're located 531 east apache in the historic apache circle center of course, during these times, it's carry-out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janet.
1: All right, we're back here on the Body Eating Show where we tell our stories our way in the heart of black, Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Centennial's coming up, and I want to let you guys know a little bit about uh, some of the things that you can look forward to. Uh, We're having a big festival on June the 5th from 12 until. We've got some entertainers coming, such as uh, uh, Tony Mason will be here. Uh, Faye will be here. Faye Moffitt, you know, Faye, and uh, Charlie Red, Full Flavor Kings. Who do you think you are, Band? Uh, Keeping a Real Band, a Wall Street Band is going to be here. I mean, and a host of others is going to be here across the street. And uh, from the radio station, vendors are welcome, you know, vendors. You got to get in here and um, look at that flyer. If you've got that flyer. Uh, you need to look at it. And what's that number on there? Let me see. What's that number at the bottom of that flyer for vendors? I gotta get in here somewhere.
9: Nine one eight. Uh, okay. go. All
1: right. All right. Go ahead and give it to us. I got Andrew. you. I got you. Nine
9: one eight four zero eight eight zero two zero.
1: Okay. That's the number for the vendors. So if you want to be a vendor, and the vendor positions are very inexpensive, so don't worry about all of that. Just come participate. Food trucks are invited. Uh, Whatever you want to do, if you want to vend anything, you can vend it right here at our North Tulsa Community Music Festival, June 5th, 12 noon. So back with Angela. We were talking earlier, and um, economic development and um, jobs and things like that is so important. You become a business entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Uh, and you're a mogul-like, you know, and uh, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So what made you get into it?
9: So my family on my father's side, they've always had businesses, um, barbecue places, gas stations, um, convenience stores, uh, clothing stores, beauty salons. So as a child growing up, I was always um, fascinated about. Business and owning my own business when I grew up, my uncle moved from back home to McAllister from California and opened up a gas station. So um, to be able to go there and see a black man in McAllister
0: mm-hmm. um,
9: running his own business, being in charge, else, was, huh? yeah, it was nice to see. So I always had a desire to do that. I had a beauty salon. Um, that my father will never let me live down how much money he, he invested in that beauty salon. But I had a beauty salon in McAllister. That was my first business. And since then, I've had several. Um, prior to um, the really getting into the lawn business with my husband, which he had the business going before I purchased it from him, uh-huh. um, <laughs> he, um, I had a dollar store in Bigsby.
0: Oh, okay. And
9: I had to have surgery and I needed to someone I needed someone to work for me. And of course, being in Bixby, um people let me know that I shouldn't have been there. Um I hired someone who was still in my money, but um I couldn't find anyone because they I was black. Um they let me know that I didn't have a right to be there. Um so I've had several different businesses. I used to perform comedy, so I promoted a couple of comedy shows. Um, so I've done it all. I really think that um, in this day and time, everybody needs a business, and I'll always say that, um, just because everybody needs a business. Uh, so if you hear me out there in radio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or all over wherever you're listening from, get a
0: business.
9: Start a business. Everybody needs a business. Everybody needs to um, take advantage of some of those tax benefits of owning your own business. Um, And I'm not saying you have to quit your job. Don't quit your job if you don't have a good plan uh, planned out for your business or um, access to capital, business credit. Start building your business credit first and then go for it. Um, But I've always um, wanted to have a business. I always saw myself as a business person, and um, it's exciting. Something what, new oh every day.
1: Whoa, look at me. I'm tearing up stuff over here. Uh-oh. I think we're still. still- hold on hold one second. Hey, okay. we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come right back. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. So we'll be right back, okay? Okay, let
3: me get something going on. I'm tripping right now. Food on the Move and Warden Comprehensive Health Services presents the drive-through COVID vaccination clinic. Happening May the 11th, 2021 <laughs> from 4 to 7 p.m., the first 100 participants receive two dose Modernas or with the one dose Johnson & Johnson. If you want to skip the line, call now at 918-388-1990. Food on the Move, every Tuesday on Greenwood. Let's go fresh, Tulsa. Welcome to Coupling with the Carlin. Your host for the show is Marion Carlin and... Tia,
7: yeah, also known as t by my fave. Thank you for joining us today.
3: We're going to have an amazing show.
7: We're going to talk about love, love,
4: love, and mastering the art of coupling in your relationship.
2: You are listening to Coupling Coupling with with the Carlin.
0: Carlin.
2: Okay, we're good now.
5: Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the WEN Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit tulsatransit.org for more details.
2: Hello, Tosta. This is Janetta Cole with Sunday Dinner and More by Janice, your weekend soul spot.
5: Every Saturday
2: and Sunday from 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. We're located 531 East Apache in the historic Apache Circle Center. Of course, during these times, it's carry out only, but you can call 918-951-5143. That's Sunday Dinner and More by Janice.
1: All right. Hey, we're back on the Bobby Eaton show where we tell our stories our way. I just got through knocking over some cameras and stuff. So but I'm good. We're back. Everything's in focus. Angela Chambers in the house. Hey, hey. And uh, we've been talking it up about. Uh, uh, tell us about this again. The
9: Tulsa Black owned Business Guide or promoting and highlighting black-owned businesses in Tulsa and surrounding areas.
1: Oh, uh, that's right. You know, uh, it's so important to have black-owned businesses. It's very important because that's the black Wall Street way of life. We had a lot of that back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, and we need to encourage our young people. Yes to get back involved in the Black Wall Street of life, Because I remember times when that Black dollar just circulated in our community so much and we had so much going on here. We had restaurants and this is even after Black Wall Street, you know, this is, I'm talking about 60s and 70s, early 70s, and we had our own grocery stores, plenty of those, uh, our own night spots, 12, 15 night spots and we had a uh, Movie theaters and all kinds of stuff over here in North Tulsa,
9: yes, yeah. I remember being a child and coming uh for a conference for church to uh the a m e church on Peoria
0: okay and it was
9: just fascinating to see the black businesses
0: um yeah. that
9: it seemed like there was a pink um barbecue. Spot on the corner of Peoria and mm-hmm. Apache, yeah. And then on down was I, I remember David's liquor store because he's from Mcalls, so. right, right, and we're right. Like there's David's liquor store. Yeah, we right. couldn't go in there
1: though. We were yeah, huh?
9: too young to go in <laughs> yeah, there. But we had liquor store though. Like we headed to church. But you had
1: a whole lot of that yeah. going on in the community. You didn't have to go anywhere outside, you know, North Tulsa to obtain what you needed, you know. And we've lost a lot of that. Uh, gentrification is coming back in. These fa- these fast food restaurants and things are taking place. Yeah. And uh, we got to get back to sharing that black dollar. Yes. And buying up our community. Because we will sell. We'll sell all of our stuff, you know. Uh, and it's unfortunately that uh, that's what we'll do. You know, our historical stuff as well. Yes. Yeah. We got a sign out there right now. Talking about for sale by owner. So. You know, so, and you know, it kind of hurts me to see it go down like that, but it's not my decision. Right. Know, so, but we uh got to continue on and figure, figure it all out. You know, we got to, you know, if say brothers are going to work it out, we got to work it out. Sisters, too. Yes.
9: We're
1: going to um, have to work it out.
9: And, you know, I think it's, it's very, to me, it's very crucial that, um, as you and Mr. Monroe were talking, the people who we elect, the people who are sitting at these tables, um, even not just the elected officials, but people who have positions in the city or um, different organizations, big companies, uh, Quick Trip, everybody—they mm-hmm. uh, should Get be involved. able to. They should be able to speak up and speak out. Um, oftentimes, and we see it time and time again. And I don't know where the how to draw the line for anybody else, but if if you're having an opportunity to turn away or to do something different, uh-huh. um, and, and I see that a lot, that happens, or then they start making excuses or explaining away why they why they're there or why they were put into office. So, um, of course it's gonna you know we need the change, we need the laws changed. It's not just the um making them do what what they should be doing but also it's a matter of getting some laws changed so just as mr monroe stated um you know and you said we have to hold our elected officials guess,
1: accountable. accountable
9: rather
1: what's than going just on. yeah rather than just elect them and just right. leave them alone we got to hold them accountable because that's part of the election process uh they're elected by the people right <clears throat> and that's what we need to do Sometimes we get lazy and won't pick up their phone and call nobody that that can do things to help us. You know, when all it takes is a phone call.
9: Now, I'll also add that part, but also um, supporting them when when they are doing what we need them to do mm-hmm. when they are when they're like, you know, I need some help. I need y'all to come show on and support. Up. Yeah, show up. yeah. Like I can say they do, they do
1: a lot, right? You know, by themselves. Mm-hmm. They do do a lot. Now, a lot of people. I get conflict. Oh, they ain't doing nothing. They ain't doing this. They ain't doing that. Well, you got to understand it's politics and political aspects. And when you are maybe one person on a board of 10 people mm-hmm. and you're an African-American, then it's going to be kind of hard for you to get some things pushed.
9: You're always you know? going to seem like you're you're uh, hard to get along with. Mm-hmm. You're always going to feel Opposition. like aggressive. Right. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You so. get
1: put in that yeah. boat, you know. Mm-hmm. But you kind of – you can – Sometimes those elected officials can almost tell if something's going to a bill is going to pass or not before it even gets to the floor. Sure. Because they already know. Well, they're not going to pay. They're not going to. The supports you know, just support something. that right there.
9: Uh, one of the things that I wanted to say also is that the. Uh, our NAACP chapter here in Tulsa. Okay, let's kinda, talk about that. It's been kind of quiet, but...
1: It's been kind of quiet? It's been,
9: I have been to,
1: quiet Okay, for a while.
9: Yes, so, yeah, so um, a couple of people uh, are getting involved, and we're working to just start working. The NAACP's voice should be the loudest right now.
1: Um, should be the loudest, you know, but I think because the young people... A lot of young people, some of them, not all, mm-hmm. don't see the value in it anymore. And if it's being ran kind of like an old church, mm-hmm. you know, an old church got an old pastor in there, and he's just doing the same old stuff that he's been doing for years, then it loses his youth, you know. And it needs structure. I think a lot of our org- our black organizations here in yeah. Tulsa need change. Oh, yeah. It needs massive Change our Greenwood culture. I mean, our Green—sorry, our Greenwood Chamber needs some change. Our NAACP, our Urban Leagues—everybody needs some change in it. And I think sometimes it gets to the point to where the people in charge of these organizations don't want to move, right? And they want to stay stuck right where they're at. So you were talking about the NAACP, and
9: and that's that's a common thing. Sometimes us we get in the way we get in a seat and then we don't move we don't we're not working but we don't want to move so um, but we hope to revitalize the NAACP chapter here in North Tulsa so and but we need people we need people to support and get involved and help hold them to a fire, the fire because we need the NAACP. Um, we need that voice. We well, need that.
1: You got to show the young people that it's a need. Yes. Once they find out it's a need, then they will support because as the elders die off, you know, and they die off, you need a change, you know, and their uh, uh, pastor easily comes by here all the time uh-huh. talking about this and that, the NAACP, Urban League. And we talk about that, you know, and it, and, it can't run the way it always used to run back in the day. Everything changes. Exactly. It I changes, agree. you know, and you have to make the adjustment of the change. But the template is still there, right? You know, right. and the cause is still there. Just right. make some of those changes.
9: So, because we see what the NAACP is doing uh, all over in other states and cities, so and Tulsa. We have so much that we could do with what we, if we took the NAACP, the Urban League. I don't know if the Urban League is still active. Well, they're trying to
1: steal. It's not active. Okay. Mm -hmm.
9: Um, The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce, the Mm -hmm. Greenwood Chamber of Commerce. If we could all work together.
1: That's the issue.
9: If we could all work together, man, it would be amazing. But we need people to support. And all of them lack people supporting. So um, even if it were some... The, the foundation were good. Um, we still need people to support. So I might warn you, and let's and try to nudge you. Let's go. Let's get it going. But then after a while, if you don't move, then I'm I'm moving on. And maybe that's where some people are right now. So how do we rejuvenate that in this community? where people like, come on, I know that's how it was, but we're doing something different. Um, I'm gonna be working with Sandia Bell on um, helping to increase the membership so that we can do things. I think plus Thompson, who is the president now, he wants to um, work, but he needs people working with him to help move things along. Well, sometimes, sometimes though,
1: you have to,
0: people.
1: you have to, if you wanna still be involved, sometimes you gotta move to the side. and these people take over and run some things a little bit different than you're accustomed to actually really running it. You know, it's any kind of business. If it gets stale sure. and it's stale, then you got to rejuvenate that business and bring about these young people. You know, I mean, I'm over here at the radio station and uh, I'm the owner. I run the whole thing, but Hey, I let Ramal and train make a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to sometime. Okay. What's going on guys? What are they doing out there? How can we reach it? Oh, we got to step up our social media. See, NAACP ain't here in Tulsa. Ain't in no social media. Right. It's not even nobody. Don't even know it even exists. And when you got a lot of uh, younger people, you say NAACP, they think of back in the day. Oh, uh, oh, you know, oh, sure. NAACP.
9: Well, we're working on that, Bobby. So yeah, and that's I what we need to get to, posted, We cause need cause to get that we, done. We need that NAACP chapter here in Tulsa to be to thrive. We we need it to be a voice for our community. We need it for uh, our legislator. We need it. We need Well, it. you got to bring them in here.
1: <laughs> you got to bring them right in here so they can talk to the people. Yes. You know bring will. players we off know. in here, bring people off in here and you know so they will know who's who and who's what, who's running whatever. They don't know. Yes. Yeah. They We're just don't They just don't know. You know all they know is you say NAACP who's the head of the chapter here in Tulsa, who's over this, who's over that, who's running this, they don't know.
9: And that's one of the, those are some of the concerns that I had and um, addressed because um, I am a member. So that was one of the concerns and some of the things that we addressed in our last meeting. So we are making change. We're talking. Uh, I'm excited um, about the changes that are going to come forth with the, the, ICP chapter in Tulsa um, I'm actually working on a website for the organization so we can't have that that presence there you go. online so there you go. it is crucial I agree with mm-hmm. you you have so. to
1: be there to do it and you have to put your face out so people can see it and people can feel it right you know without that you just blowing smoke in the wind
9: so I, I would just want to ask the viewers if you're in Tulsa, to join the chapter. Give us the opportunity um, at least one year to to bring it back, to be the chapter that we all need it to be for everybody.
1: Well, one thing about the chapter, which is good, it's a good thing. It's uh, historical. Yes. You know, but people got to know, what is the NAACP? What do you even stand for? Right. They don't even know the, you know, You know, they don't Uh, even know what it even stands for. for. Huh? Yes. They don't even know what they just say, N-A-A-C-P, and that's all they know. They don't know what it stands for. They don't know what those acronyms, you know, they don't know what it means, means, you know. They don't know nothing. So you got to explain it so they'll know what it is and what it stands for and what it has done for black people. And uh, we need to get that and we need to get that out there. You know, so they'll know exactly and get those people in here, Fondia and players, get them all sitting in here talking about it so we can have a uh, a conversation,
9: you yes. know. I agree. And I will definitely um, set that up, set it up. Yeah, yeah set, it so up. set it up. You're going huh? to set it up. They could come back.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So that we can all. Is, 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 is Reverend Easley in that?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, he yes. is. Because he comes He's right done here. Done. He comes right here all the time. <laughs> He's, uh, he's a big Milt. cheerleader, yeah. Yeah, he comes by here. All, he comes by KBOB all the time. Yeah. I don't see players. I've never seen players by here, but I, I see easily by here every week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking about it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, well,
9: I'll set it up and we'll be back. Bring them
1: all in here. To
9: talk about, you know, what what's N-
1: the NAACP of- Day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here, <laughs> on the, here on the Bobby Eden Show, we're we'll just talking about good. It. Yeah, we'll just talk about it and some of the history, where they can go to contact. How many members are are there right now?
9: I want to say the count was 90.
1: It's 90 people is in the NAACP?
9: Yes, that are members. That, that are, members. are members? Uh-huh, in the Tulsa chapter.
1: Wow. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. think it was that many.
9: You didn't? No, yeah.
1: I really did so, And what are the fees so to join?
9: It's um, I was just looking it up. I believe it's $35.00 um it's what i paid i know if you go to the um national website which is um www.naacp.org um you can go online to join in the membership uh section and then select Tulsa chapter mm-hmm. to join I'm doing that now. I believe it was $30. You know what? I heard. It's in the magazine. Okay, get the magazine, guys. <laughs> so it's $30 for regular adults,
0: mm-hmm.
9: 21 and older. The youth membership is $15 uh, for 20 and under. And then there's a $10 fee for ages 17 and under. And then they also have lifetime membership and corporate uh, memberships available. To okay. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Sounds good. Sounds thirty like dollars
9: thirty dollars. Yeah,
1: y'all eat that up going out to Chili's. Hey. Yeah, you know, there you go. Yeah, you, know, you spend more than that, so you get some investment.
9: Investment. Invest in the community. Let's let's change it. Let's get it together. Let's let it be our voice.
1: And it can be. It can be. You know, so that's what. So you um pressing up magazines. Girl, you didn't press up. How many magazines you think you'd impressed up?
9: Oh. Thousands. thousands of printed uh, yeah. Yes, I'm in Oklahoma yes.
1: City too. Don't you?
9: Yes, we we were printing the Oklahoma City Black-Owned Business Guide. It kind and of stopped, slowed
1: up on that one.
9: Yes, the um, Oklahoma Worldwide Trucking Guide, which we'll be bringing back. Um, uh, when working with the uh, editor for that one, so that we can bring that one back online. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm excited about what we're doing. There's a lot. There's so many opportunities in entrepreneurship here in Tulsa um, that, yeah, we're all over it.
1: That's great. So if someone wants to get this uh, magazine right here, where can they go to get it?
9: You can can um, visit our website um, at pnjpublishing.com or pjprintingandpublishing.com. Um, there will be a few copies complimentary here at the Eaton radio station. That's right. Uh, A1 tag agency, our favorite tag agency in our community. I love Mo- the Mohawk right day. there? Mohawk, yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
1: Mohawk and MLK. MLK, yes. Mm-hmm.
9: Um, and a few other places. Uh, Young Buds uh, Medical Dispensary.
1: Where is Don't that at? A few
9: copies over there. It's on 31st Street. I mean, it's
1: in for, the magazine, huh? It's
9: in the magazine. So, says 9419 East 31st Street, um, Young Buds Premium Medical Cannabis Company. You can find, find them there. So, and But online. They'll be online. Um, you can order them online or get a digital copy. Again, the digital copy will link, link you to the business. Um, so you can go on and purchase and support the organizations that are also in here. You can go online and um, it'll connect you to get your NAACP membership.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to get yeah. it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's good. That's good. T and J. Publishing.
9: And we'll also be here June fifth across the street. Oh the yeah. Festival. So Successful. yeah, I'm excited you know, about that.
1: That's gonna be exciting. You guys, hey, get together June fifth, twelve o'clock. Uh, hosted by uh, Eating Media Services and KBOB eighty nine point nine. Your host for the show is Ramal, the hometown Eat. And we're gonna have some fun, fun, fun out here, you guys. So get ready. Vendors. Do what's that vendor number again? Uh uh, Angela.
9: Nine one eight four zero eight eight zero
1: two zero. Call that number right now because I heard last I heard uh we're filling up on the vendors, you know, so you want to make sure you get in and get you a spot. And ladies and gentlemen who have businesses who normally don't have a storefront property, mm-hmm. you can come out there and set up and maybe make you a couple of dollars, you know, a few dollars out there on the festival. So mm-hmm. we want you to do that. So, And we have a kids zone there. We're going to have jumping junipers and stuff like that, children from 12 and under, free hot dogs for all the kiddies, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and uh, food trucks, like I said. We're going to block the streets off. We're going to be doing live broadcasts, like right now, um, interviewing people. And it should be real festive, and a lot of people from out of town should be here. And uh, we don't want you to miss out. So get here from 12 o'clock until we decide to shut it down.
9: All
1: right. Yeah, so that's what's going to be.
9: That sounds like a lot of fun, but what I want to know, are you going to bring out the bass?
1: No. You know, I I thought about it. You know what I mean? I thought about bringing out the bass bringing my sweetheart, my, my girlfriend out and showing uh. her to the public. You know. One of these days I'm gonna pop out there like that, you know. But don't y'all think I can't play no more. Okay. Now? Well, y'all, we're don't Bobby, y'all be don't y'all be going us. all right like okay. that now. Hey, You're hey, have to old school, school can still throw down, you know. So but hey we're gonna get into it, you know, we're gonna get into it. So it all sounds good. So June fifth. That's what we wanna do. June fifth. And right now, I guess uh we're gonna take another break, okay? okay. Another right. break so I can drink me some water, okay? <laughs> sure. And you know I need some water in
3: me. Ah. Jay Publishing Incorporated announces a new book release: The Entrepreneurial Woman: The World Is Your Playground by Angela K Chambers, M.E.S. Available right now for pre-order at payhip.com/slash/b/slash/n/v/a/c. The book release is set to hit June 1st, 2020. If you're ready to publish your book, visit us online at www.pnjpublishing.com. Unleash that book that's inside of you with P&J Publishing. If your credit starts with a 3, 4, 5, or 6, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626.
5: beyond boundaries. And the vaccine is our best shot at getting there. Walk in for a free COVID-19 vaccine at the Community Vaccination Center, located at the Tulsa Community College Northeast Campus. Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, When is is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the Wen Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit Tulsatransit.org for more details.
7: North Star Security and Private Investigation provides over 35 years of experience to ensure your security and investigation needs are met. Our officers are CLEEP and state certified. If you are seeking employment, stop by our website at www.northstarsecurityandpi.com. For details on quotes and employment opportunities, call today at 918-248-6592. That's 918-248-6592. North Star Security and Private Investigation.
5: Tulsa Transit is excited to introduce the Route 969 Workforce Express Network. The new Highway 169 Corridor Job Shuttle, WEN, is a fixed route service offering access from North Tulsa and Turley. Stops include Macy's, Amazon, Whirlpool, and Port of Catoosa. Save time and money when you ride the Wen Route 969. And for your protection, buses are clean daily. Visit TulsaTransit.org for more details. The 36th Street North
7: Event Center is a full-scale event center where we share the experiences of the community. At the event center, you can rent space for weddings, birthday parties, receptions, concerts, Greek events, quinceaneras, and much more. We also do custom decor, linen, and centerpieces. We're located at 1125 East 36th Street North. To book your next special event, business gathering, or community event, call us at 918-200-9046. Searching for ways to grow
4: your business, or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community, the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start.
1: All right. Yeah, that's the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce. Get involved, get involved, get involved. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Been sitting up here uh, chatting with uh, our family member, friend. I call her Miss Angela Chambers. We've been talking about businesses. And so we're always talking about businesses and economic development in the community and what we can do to improve. The community, she's always involved doing something to help somebody. She's helped us a lot over here at Eden Media Services uh, throughout time, and her and her husband, Tim. Right, right. Tim's out working right now, right? He's out working. Huh?
9: He's out working. I thought he was going to take the day off because it rained a little bit.
1: That don't mean nothing, huh?
9: <laughs> yeah, he just took a break. He took
1: a break, just huh? Just
9: break around. Huh? He working.
1: Wow. And he's a workaholic, huh?
9: Yes, he is.
1: That's one he thing works. you got to worry about him. He going to work.
9: Yeah, he definitely works. He does his share more. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> mm, I know you do appreciate we that. We
9: appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. That we both work, yeah.
1: How do you feel about the centennial coming up? What do you think? How do you feel about, you know, as we approach two more weeks, it's going to be like people here and all this hoopla and all this stuff going on. How do you feel about it?
2: Well...
9: I, I don't know, Bobby. That's a good question because on one hand, I, I hear different people just like you. I get a lot of emails and messages about what's going on. And some people have expressed they don't think we should be celebrating or doing anything for it. And then, but it's so much history there. How can you not?
1: You can't ignore how, it. How
9: can you, and we're still facing some challenges if we be frankly honest that. Um, it's still happening. So why would you not want to? Um, yes, there's a lot of people coming to town. A lot of people are already here. Um, yeah, there so are people been here. here. Mm-hmm. Some people have been here for at least a couple of weeks now. Mm, hotels and all that. Here. So it's good for Tulsa. Um, so why anybody wouldn't want that, I don't understand. Um, but we, we need to honor Especially a hundred years later, we need to honor um, what the ancestors accomplished what Black Wall Street and Greenwood district was. Uh, we need to acknowledge too what was done here in um, to to blacks in on American soil by America I mean that needs to be acknowledged. it was a secret for so long. I read an article. Um, with Nehemiah from the Black Wall Street Times and my heart just broke again. Oh
1: Nehemiah, he tells it. Yes. Mm-hmm.
9: Um, to to know that they were detained even after being bombed and being uh your house and ever losing everything you you still that? put me in captivity. I mean, yeah, we there should be more. I don't think it should just last for a couple of days. It needs yeah, to, I be do too. Need that to
1: be something that's ongoing. On yeah. They really need a like a Black Wall Street Channel.
9: We really do.
1: Really, we think really about it. It just goes on all the time throughout the year, Black Wall Street Channel, telling the story. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because what I'm afraid of is some people are going to cut it on and they're going to watch only some of this and learn only some of the story, but not all of the story. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So, and we got so many different platforms coming doing this. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's I've a interviewed lot. with a whole bunch of people and it's like uh, they keep coming.
9: And that was one of the reasons with our, the magazine for this time. We wanted to definitely recognize and honor um, the Centennial, but we also wanted to highlight the businesses that are here. Mm-hmm. We definitely, um, you know, with, without what went on, we may not. All eyes wouldn't be on Tulsa, but we wanted to – I know that there are other magazines that are coming out, other uh, keepsake souvenir booklets that focus on the survivors, and that's great. But I wanted to also – I wanted to capture the businesses that are here.
1: The the existing Uh, businesses
5: today. The
9: existing businesses, yes. So the ones that people, while you're here honoring the centennial, you can support these businesses and go um, go by, stop by, stop in if you're out there listening um, to some of the businesses here that are currently Black-owned businesses operating now in Tulsa. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot of them.
9: It, there are. It's a and product. we don't, we um we listed the directory from the Tulsa Black-Owned Business Network. So people who have gone online for free and registered their business. They're in this magazine listed um, so that people will know that they're here. And in any black-owned businesses, if you're out there, please go online to um, www.tulsabobn.com and register your business for free. And if you're a business without a website, especially go on there and register You can upload photos. You can give description of your products and services, and it's all for free. We get a lot of phone calls, text messages, emails, asking for specific black-owned businesses or just black-owned businesses in general. They want to support you, but they don't know where you are. So connect Got to advertise. Yes. Got to let people know. Connect with us. is free.
1: That's a good thing. We want to encourage all of our entrepreneurs and black businesses to advertise. If you're interested in advertising here on KBOB eighty nine point nine, just email me at eatonmusic two at gmail dot com. Again that's E A T O N music two at gmail dot com and I'll send you all the information you need, you know. Just talk to us, communicate with us. We can work anything out. You know?
9: I would say that that's one of the things we advertise with you and it's mm-hmm. very affordable and it's, um, it's been good. It's good for us. I, I, deaf people say they heard our advertising on your radio. Show C- about, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and p- every business should be advertised.
1: And today you have to Yeah. 2021, you have to advertise, sure. whether it be with me or anyone, you know, uh, you've got to advertise your business. You know, or your event or something that's going on. If you wanna draw people to where you're at. Gotta advertise. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can't afford not to. It's gotta be part of your branding.
9: Right. You right know. there with your inventory. And right there with Surprise, your inventory. Whatever. Yeah, with you say, Okay, I got
1: supplies, <laughs> I got this and that and what do I have for in, for advertising? Right. You gotta have that in there. Sure, sure. You know, we and we want you to win. We want you to survive. We want you to, to stand up and be a force to be reckoned with in your business, you know, so mm-hmm. we want that to happen, you know, With especially with a lot of the, the things that are going on in our community.
0: Yes.
1: You know, we got a lot of stuff going on in our community, a lot of division and things like that, and uh those are some of the negative things, but we got a lot of good stuff going on yes, we do. as well. We do. That's never talked about, you know, that good stuff. Man- yes. Mainstream media will always, portray us in a negative light, somebody got shot, somebody blah, blah, boom, boom, house got burnt down, mm-hmm. something negative. But we over here try to uplift our businesses and and show them in a good light, you know, all that bad stuff to a minimum, you know, but we need funding, so right. therefore... Uh, I'm like, hey, let me go there.
0: <laughs> yes. If you'd like <laughs> to
1: ahead. donate, you can come by 1533 North Norfolk. We got a, a love jug in here, a bucket. Or you can go to Eaton Media Services Cash App or whatever, you know, just to help us pay the bills and keep things going over here because uh, it's a week-to-week, day-to-day process in our community. Black media is not easy. It's not the kind of business that people going to just go out and open up or right. open up. All. A radio station. I'm open up a TV studio. It's not easy to do those. You may be able to open up a boutique shop or uh, open up, and I'm not knocking it. A restaurant or something like that, and that's not easy either. You know, a lot of work goes into opening up business. Period.
3: Right.
1: You know, it's just a lot of work involved. So uh, support them.
9: Yeah, we we need to support you. We need to support the all of our media outlets in North Tulsa. um, You know, one of the things people contact me about advertising, they're asked, why are your rates so cheap? Because, um, and is that for six months? A lot of advertising packages, you have to advertise for a certain length of time, and it's $300 an ad. So our rates, your rates are very affordable uh, and are good for business.
1: Right, right. Well, Angela, you. hey, we've come to the end of our program yeah. right here. Me and you can go all day, yes. all night, talking about <laughs> all, all of this stuff like we normally do off the mic. Yeah. And I want to thank you and also my buddy Tim Chambers, you know, uh, for participating, doing all what you do in the community. Thank you. Yeah. I thank appreciate you. the platform. All right. If you've been on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way every Monday, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, and on Saturdays like today, 12 to 2 p.m. We had uh, State Representative Monroe uh, Nichols was in here, and, of course, your black entrepreneur, Angela Chambers, is in here, and we're going to make it do what it do. So until next time, I want you to have a good one and tune in, okay? All right.
0: Oh oh go, oh, oh. oh, oh. oh, oh. oh, oh.